It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hansen and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to The So So Show with Visit Southampton. Light up your social life. It's a weekly look at life in the SO postcode hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. This week, we look forward to the brilliant Hampshire Business Show. So it's about bringing together businesses from the Hampshire ecosystem, those businesses who want to exhibit, and those individuals who want to come along to either find new suppliers or just make new connections and meet other people from the region. And everyone loves donuts, don't they? Initially, it didn't actually work because we translated exactly what we were doing out of this little three-wheeler in to a pod in the centre of the shopping mall. I've never had such a strong sense of FOMO as I had in the last week. Why? Because the two events that I was really, really, really looking forward to seeing both happened on the two days I was out of Hampshire. Oh, what was that then? It was Lion King. Oh, yes. And then... Ursula. Unfortunate, the musical about Ursula the Sea Witch from The Little Mermaid. And I'll confess, I've never seen The Little Mermaid, but everyone had done such a great job of selling the story (laughs) to me that I really wanted to go and see it. It was a bit of a theatre week for me. I think I went three to see three shows in a week. Oh, how lardy da I know, right? And very, very much, darling. (laughs) Um, But the Ursula show, the one about her... It's almost like a sort of Mickey take of the whole of the, the Little Mermaid. And I think if you haven't seen The Little Mermaid, there's a lot of things in there that you probably wouldn't get. But you would have enjoyed it anyway. I absolutely roared with laughter. I had tears coming down my face. And I roared at one thing that nobody else did And nobody else laughed for as long as I did either. And I was getting to the point where I was thinking, okay, you've got to shut up now. (laughs) So that show, well done, Dan. I mean, we had the writer on from from there last week. And, oh, my gosh, it was such a brilliant show. I absolutely loved it. If it comes again, we've got to go, Simon, all right? You've got to come and see this. I really want to see it. We'll make it a double showing, right? Because... I'm going to show you The Little Mermaid first. (laughs) And then that is not a euphemism. Um, (laughs) And then we're going to go uh, and watch Unfortunate about Ursula the Sea Witch. I'm down for that. On the Wednesday evening, I went to the press night. Thank you very much, Mayflower Theatre of The Lion King. Oh, my goodness. It's been a a long time since I've seen it in the theatre. And it just didn't disappoint. If you've ever been to see it in the theatre, you'll know what a spectacle it is. And when it first starts, you're just sort of immersed into this savannah environment and the music, the costumes, the lights, the props. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And I loved the show. But what I loved even more was taking my nine-year-old and her seeing it for the first time Her jaw was on the floor for, I don't know, 75% of it. She was absolutely bowled over by it. So my kids are 18 and 16, Mm. not typical Disney theatre goers, but Mm. we had just come back from a holiday in Africa. So they were all pumped up and really excited to go and see it. And 
one of them in particular was devastated when we couldn't go. Oh, man. What did you do instead? So the other one, the 16-year-old, is a massive fan of Dortmund. Right, the football team. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> Not in- just the place. Like, really <laughs> likes it. Wanted to go there. But he always wanted to see them play. Yeah. And when they drew Man City in the Europa, I saw an opportunity, which was a considerably cheaper opportunity than having to go to Germany. Okay. So we went up to Manchester. We saw uh, a friend of ours in the evening on the Wednesday, then walked up to the Etihad, watched what he described as the best 90 minutes of football of his life. Wow. And then walked all the way back down, checked into our Premier Inn, got up at seven the next morning, came out of Manchester around the Ring Road so he could see Old Trafford, Yeah. then drove back down here. It okay. was a whirlwind 24 hours where I'd, I'd, I'd done about 500 miles, driven for about 10 hours, was absolutely battered by the end of it Yeah. and just didn't have the energy to see Unfortunate afterwards. Yeah. But one thing, aside from the football and everything else, that made this trip really worthwhile for me is I got to check in on my 16-year-old's music taste. Oh. Because... If you've got teenagers, you'll know most of the time they've got earplugs in, they're listening to music. You've got no idea what's going on in their brains yeah. and what they're putting into it. So what was he listening to? So I said when we got in the car, I said, this is going to be a long old drive. Do you want to be the DJ? So he hooked his phone up to the stereo system okay. and he was the one in charge. And we ploughed through... Barbie um, Girl, He was Agadoo. into the Foles, Arctic Monkeys. Okay, nice. Loads of 1975, quite a lot of bands that I'm into as well. I was a bit yeah. like... Yeah, my taste is rubbed off onto you. This is good. Unless he had a special playlist of stuff that he only wants to play when parents are around. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he could be that organised. <laughs> so I was a bit like, yeah, this is nice. We're spending a bit of father-son time together and I'm checking in on his music taste and it's okay. Good. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. The Hampshire Business Show is almost here again, October 20th at the Aegeus Bowl. Emily Parsons is the event and sales manager of the show, and she says it's not just businesses who will benefit from a visit. It is a B2B-focused show, but we welcome everyone to the show because you never know who you're going to meet there, you never know who you're going to see. So we get some students from universities who are potentially looking for jobs, but it is predominantly B2B-focused. And for businesses from in and around Hampshire to come together, make those new connections, collaborate and see if they can win some new business. The Hampshire Business Show is the region's largest networking event. So it's about bringing together businesses from the Hampshire ecosystem, those businesses who want to exhibit and showcase their product or services, and those individuals who want to come along to either find new suppliers or just make new connections and meet other people from the region. So who do you have there this year that's exciting you, Emily? So we've got a lot going on this year in the way of speakers. I'm not going to tell you all about them. Got to keep some surprise for the day. But what I'm really excited about is we've got ex-Dragon's Den investor Jenny Campbell, who is going to be our headline keynote speaker this year. So I'm really excited about her. Because last year it was Karen Brady and she was a big draw, wasn't she? Yeah, so last year it was Karen Brady. So we're hoping to bring the same levels this year and it's going to be amazing. Can people learn about business? Because there's lots of exhibitors, there's lots of stands there, businesses from sort of the Hampshire area, but there's big businesses as well. Yeah, so there is some big businesses coming. So we've got the likes of Paris Smith, Starling Bank, just to name a couple. Um, But people who are attending the show can come and upskill and learn. We have 13 different seminars going on throughout the day. And these are seminars put on by industry experts in their field. So it's really useful to go along to those seminars and just 
learn a bit more about what these people are talking about and develop your knowledge while you're there. And I feel like it's really quite inspiring. So if you're starting out in business or if you already have a small business, going along to this, not only will you learn things, but you will be able to take it to the next level. You feel like you've got that winning mentality. Yeah, you'll meet so many people there who have been, if you're starting up a business, been in the exact same situation that you're currently in before. And they can give you all sorts of advice and tips and just help you out along the way because a lot of businesses find that they do have the same struggles early on and there are sort of parts that they just can't can't get past so I think for that aspect come and just talk to people and you never know what you're going to find and I have to mention as well that Darling Bank they do have brilliant freebies as you go round lots of the stands have freebies and it may be a cocktail it may be a chocolate Starling Bank have socks. Get in. What other freebies have you come across then, Emily? I mean, to be honest with you, last year, by the time I got to walk around and try and get some free stuff, it was all gone. (laughs) So I'm going to bag myself a pair of Starling Bank socks as soon as I get there this year and just see what else I can whip round and find. But I've been having conversations with some exhibitors and some of them are really up in their game this year. There's going to be some really cool stuff on their stands. I'm not going to ruin the surprise, but it's going to be really fun. I'm totally there for. I'm totally there. Even last year, do I remember there was one of those... Um, smack the hammer on the, the target thing and you've got to be the strongest and hit the bell or whatever it is. You know, like at the end of Greece, yeah. they've got that thing, you've got to hit it and yeah, ring the bell. But I, I think that the freebies are brilliant for just starting a conversation. I pick up so many notebooks, I don't need any for a year. <laughs> no, honestly. And it's great because the traditional notebooks and stuff, they're brilliant and it's something with your branding on for people to take away and they'll remember you. But we find that the businesses that just sort of think outside of the box and come up with some really creative ways to brand up stuff to give to the attendees it's it's just amazing and i can't wait to see what they all come out with this year emily parsons the event and sales manager of the hampshire business show which is coming to the aegeus bowl on october the 20th and it's not all about the freebies so we well it is isn't it i mean look i was talking to somebody um who's got a stand at the business show they're talking about having a paella <laughs> It's certainly Look, it's going, worth going, even if you haven't got anything for lunch that day, right? In branded cups. I know. Well, that's it. Maybe they could have branded bibs, yeah, something like that. Probably. But look, it's just really good to go if you're sort of in business or if you're in sort of sales or anything like that. It's just a really good place to go and network and, and, and meet lots and lots of people. What's hooked me is Starling Bank, not the free socks, but because I do <laughs> want to move my bank from the bank I'm with at the moment over to Starling. Yeah. So I know I will be able to walk in there and speak to someone who actually wants to talk to me. And you'll actually be able to talk to someone. Exactly. So. I'm already down for that. October 20th, the GS Bowl, the Hampshire Business Show. There you go. It's all about Southampton. The So So Show. So I'm sure everyone else is just as keen to know as I am. How is the media domination of your daughter going? Last week was crazy. Okay. Like I've never, ever known, right? So for about 25 years... I have been striving for fame. (laughs) My daughter did it in 10 days. (laughs) She has been around the world. So the story is that the day after the Queen had died on Thursday, on the Friday, my daughter received a card from the Queen thanking her for her poem, 
for the Jubilee. I put it up on my socials. Bless them, Laurelie at the Echo picked it up. She ended up front page of the Daily Echo. And after that, it went mad. I had the BBC come and film an interview with her. We had ITV come and film an interview with her. So we've had two film crews in two days round here. So the BBC interview went out on South Today. It went out on BBC News twice on Sunday. (laughs) It went out on BBC World. My friends in Italy and in Spain said, I've just seen your daughter on the telly. Somebody was on a cruise, saw her on the big screen. (laughs) I'm like, this is nuts. Like, my phone was just blowing up. Um, She was on BBC National News, ITV News Meridian, Daily Mail Australia, Daily Express, Daily Mail here, Daily Mirror. She was on Heart, Capital and Wave. (laughs) And she... She's not like me. She doesn't really like the spotlight particularly. And she got quite overwhelmed in the end. And at the end of last week, she said to me, I just want to go back to being a normal girl again. Because <laughs> she'd been brought up in assembly and yeah. they put her in some sort of book and given her a certificate. And she came home from school one day. And she said, I've got three bodyguards, a manager and an agent at school. <laughs> right. And now she's like, I just want to play football. <laughs> so it's gone mad. But what a memory for her. And thank you anybody that got in touch to say that they'd seen her because because it was no mean feat for her to do that stuff. A lot of people sort of assume that because she's my daughter, she's sort of very outwardly confident, and she just isn't that. So I was very, very proud of her, and she went worldwide. So did you spend Monday sat in front of the telly? Yes, the whole of Monday. And I know I, I knew it was going to be sort of a few hours. I didn't expect to be sat for 12 hours, and... Hats off to the royal family. You know, look, what went on on Monday was something to be so proud of. And I found it a real celebration of the Queen and what she stood for and who she was. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. There were a few moments that that got me more than others. I think always the national anthem. And then it was seeing the corgis at Windsor and Emma the horse. Emma the horse got so many people. Emma the pony. And it, and I didn't realise until the next day, but they'd laid the Queen's headscarf across her saddle. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And the people that came out, just it, it blew my mind. You know, I'd spent three days watching the queue. I loved it. Along with Emma the pony, the other bit that got me right at the very end of the coverage, yeah. Kirsty Young, right. as she was summarising and recapping everything. You could see the emotion got to her and she was this close to ugly crying. Just hearing it in her voice and watching her hold it back as she did her job just completely got to me. Yeah, And I remember thinking, wow. Of all of the things that had happened during the day, the thing that almost made me well up the most was watching her trying to do her job with an entire day's worth of emotion just siphoning down into that one concluding And even, you know, know, we can talk about Kirsty Young and all of those anchors, all of those news channels and everybody that's done the coverage, I think have done an incredible job and a very respectful job as well. It's when you watch the royal family, I go... How are you even doing this? How are you 
you haven't had a drink of water. You've had no break from this whatsoever. This is this is mind blowing. And I know it's their job, and but hats off to them. Did you see the tribute that they had down at the docks? Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? The containers. ER second with the big crown in the middle, yes. built out of containers. Oh, I thought that was marvellous. And that was everywhere as well. I thought that was really great. So my first thought was, oh, that's incredible. My second thought was, I hope they remember where they got those from. <laughs> Because, of course, everything in that dock is so perfectly yeah. parked in the right place so they know where everything is at all times. I reckon they organise that. I think you're all right, Simon. Yeah, I just they remember, know what they're doing. I remember thinking about it. No, don't put that one back there. That's due for Venezuela. <laughs> the So So Show. You may have noticed a divine smell as you walk through West Quay, and it's all Brian's fault. Brian from Stone Ground Donuts, where the aroma stops visitors in their tracks. Um, well, we, we work quite hard on the ingredients to make sure that not only do they taste delicious, but they also have a nice aroma. But it's really important in the centre, when you're in the centre of the, of the mall, that people are walking past having something nice. Am I allowed to divulge what's in it? Oh, yeah. A little bit of vanilla, which just softens the flavours and also gives that smell. Amazing. And I do. I love that vanilla smell. Um, what's the story behind Stone Ground Donuts? Where are they Stone Ground? Well, they're not actually Stone Ground. The reason we have the name Stone Ground is we were looking for something that expressed the the identity of what we wanted to do, which was artisan, it was natural, simple, uh, made from scratch every day. And Stone Ground as a name that we came up with over a, a bottle of wine and some cheese was, was, was what we came up with too. Cheese donuts weren't, cheese. didn't factor? No, cheese donuts didn't really come into it. Savoury is not really a donut thing. <laughs> you come up with this idea and then all of a sudden you're in Westkey. What happened in between? Well, originally we actually started in Vista Village as a pop-up. We had a little three-wheeler, one of those Italian appy cars. We had a donut fryer on the car and we were just frying donuts and then drizzling melted chocolate over the, over the top of them. And it was really popular. So we thought, well, this is a concept that's clearly hitting a spot. So we decided to see if we could develop it and we came into West Quay. How does it go down in Southampton? It always looks pretty popular. It's, it's interesting because initially it didn't actually work because we translated exactly what we were doing out of this little three-wheeler into a pod in the centre of the shopping mall. And we very quickly realised that we needed to actually show the product so that people could see it as they walk past. So we developed the product in a different way. So it's now got a display. We always make the, the donuts every morning fresh and then they're hand decorated by our team and then they're put out and then people can see the donuts. So it, it's got appeals because people are walking past. They've only got a second. They're, they're looking at their phone. They're looking at the shops. Uh, they might not even see you. There's a second that, that you have to attract their attention and appeal to their desire to have something in that moment. It's that taste buds thing. It's that smell as you go past. Um, what do you find is the best seller? What's the most popular product that you make? Actually, it's not a flavour. It's a, it's a it's the, actually one of the things that we've developed, which is the donut bites. What it is, is it's donuts broken into a, a tub, a pot, and then it has whatever topping you want uh, drizzled over the top of it. So that's like chocolate and nut pieces? Yeah, melted chocolate or caramel and hazelnuts or pistachios or 
white chocolate and caramel. Um, so various different things, or cinnamon and sugar, which is a popular one. And I think the reason why that's so popular is because it's people can hold the tub and share it as they're walking around the centre. So it's a little bit like popcorn uh, at the cinema. Uh, but instead, people can just walk around the centre shopping and browsing and looking at the, looking at the windows and, and, and eat it together. It's quite a, a joint experience and pleasure. So that does very well. My daughter was asking last week what happens to the middle of the donuts <laughs> we uh, we sell those separately no <laughs> um, now how do you fill the donuts because they're ring donuts but you've got them filled some of them have got oreos in them or, or oreo cream um, some of them have got kinder bueno yeah. how do you do that that's actually a trade secret okay right yeah we're not allowed to know but um, we only have one way of making the donut which it's a, it's a it's a machine that has a plunger and so that there is no there is no center it, okay. when it comes out it comes out as a ring and then fries so filling it was something we we introduced last year and it's been something we've been working on because it's it's quite complicated and we thought oh will we need a new machine and and we've got a uh, my colleague john who's um who's very hands-on and practical. He, he came up with how to achieve, with the same machine, a filled donut. That's Brian from Stone Ground Donuts in West Key. He's not giving anything away, is he? In terms of how they squirt in the filling into the rice. I know, I know. Well, KFC have done that for years, haven't they? They've been pretty successful at it. <laughs> yeah, there is that. On the subject of baked goods, by the way, yeah. I happen to have a conversation this week with a guy called Mark, right. who is one of the senior people at Hoxton's. Yeah. You know, Hoxton's, Hoxton's have got... Bakehouse. So Hoxton's have their bakery in Southampton and they now have eight different outlets around the area. They've got Petersfield and Farnham and Guildford and Lymington, Bishop's Waltham... And God's House Tower. And God's House Tower, they're everywhere. But they don't actually have a shop yeah. in Southampton. Oh. They're looking for somewhere. Oh. Because at the moment, what they do on a Saturday is a bit like um, your daughter would have a bake sale. They just stick a trestle table up outside their bakery and people oh. come along and buy stuff. But it's a big question, isn't it? Where, if you were going to open somewhere like that in Southampton, would you open it? Because there's about four or five different focal points around the city centre, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's it. That's always been the thing with Southampton, isn't it? Where do you go? There's lots of different areas, mm. and I quite like that, you know, a night out would be in Bedford Place or Oxford Street, but where are you going to put something like that? See, I found that really unique when I moved to the city because everywhere else I'd grown up, everywhere else I'd lived, there was always, like, one part for where you went. If you were going for a night out, you'd go here. Yeah. If you were going out, you'd go there. In Northampton, when I lived in Birmingham, it was always like, this is where you'd go. Yeah. Whereas in Southampton, the two main areas are quite some space yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. A taxi ride away. Can I stay on the trail of baked goods? Of course you can. I think you're going to love this, Simon. There is now, in Southampton, a pizza vending machine. No. Yes. They've had these across Europe for a while. <laughs> My friend Dave Adcock, who travels a lot, goes on loads of walking holidays around different parts of um, Europe, he sent me photos before of pizza vending machines. We have one. No. On Bursledon Road, you know the garage, the BP garage with the co-op? Yeah. There is a pizza vending machine there. No way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you put your money in and apparently five minutes later, this stone 
baked pizza comes out for you. So you say apparently you haven't actually tried it yet. I haven't actually um, tried you know, it yet. Ridiculous. I'm on a diet. I can't do that's it. That's rubbish because if I discovered one of those machines was there, I would have to stick a fiver in it just to see what it was going to be like. I don't know how much they are. I've got a feeling they're like knocking on 10 quid. Oh, okay. But you know what? For those times when you need a pizza and it's three o'clock in the morning, I, I just think it always brings me back to what other vending machines there are. So there was one in West Quay for face masks. There's one in West Quay for flowers right now. There used to be one, I think, down at Red Funnel that did chips. Yeah, I remember There was that. a chips vending yeah. machine and I thought, that's genius. No one's made a kebab vending machine yet. No, because they just shouldn't. It's not like most kebabs are judged on artistic merit anyway. Well, no, they're not. But imagine if there wasn't any care or attention or a person judging when that elephant's leg should be cut. Oh, but you no, know, one, no, 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 one, no, 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 no one cares. No. If, if it's two in the morning <laughs> and you're on the road to kebab heaven, no you chance. don't care. Stop, stop, stop. No, that is never going to happen and it shouldn't. <laughs> Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. I'll tell you something else that is new as well. Oh, it hasn't even opened yet. But there's something very exciting going on down at the bottom of Westkey. So I went along to the boat show this week. Obviously, that's on. That's why it's sunny weather. Always lovely for the boat show. Absolutely. And where the boat show entrance is, which is the esplanade outside of Westkey, the food bit, down in the bottom corner there, beside All Bar One, there is a place going to open very soon called Boom. Boom. Yes. So I think it's sort of things like shuffleboard and those kinds of games where you can just all of you go along with your mates, have a drink and play loads of different games. I think, I think, do not quote me on this. <laughs> Laura, the GM of um, West Key right now is going, Zoe, shut up. <laughs> it's not that. But, that <laughs> but it's sounds, called Boom. But that sounds like the kind of name for somewhere where you would play games against your friends, beat them and go, Boom. Boom. Yeah, exactly. It's like they could have called it mic drop, but they didn't have enough letters. <laughs> it's all about Southampton. The So So Show. On Sunday afternoon, I was very keen to get out, but I was also very keen to take part in the two minute silence for the Queen on Sunday evening. I think that was at eight o'clock. So I popped down to The Victory, which is a pub down in Hamble. And I love those pubs down in Hamble. They are crazy good, aren't they? Um, and I've got to say hello to the girls behind the bar. They're, bless them, they're so cool. Kelly and the girls at the Victory in Hamble, who were, while I was there, choosing which of the John Lewis outfits I looked best in. You know, we were talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, yeah. being personally styled by Becky in John Lewis. Um, and we've chosen four outfits. You can win an outfit for yourself if you go onto our Facebook or Instagram pages um, and they were choosing them and they were they were like oh no I like two and I like three and oh it was just really really super cute that must have felt quite strange walking in as they were doing that yeah it did because they looked at me really strangely like they weren't going to serve me and I thought oh god what did I do last time I was here and if you're listening to this before Sunday You've still got time to cast your vote and enter the competition. The So So Show. Let's find out what's happening with Visit Southampton 
light up your social life. Now, coming up, end of October, Oktoberfest. Now, this is going to be in Guildhall Square. It's always going to be a big night and there's an umpar band and there's always a brilliant atmosphere. And it's going on at the end of October. It's the last weekend of October, I think. I've got that weekend off. Oh, they are. Right. Mm. Get yourself a Stein. Or two. (laughs) Um, Then we have November the 5th. And it's brilliant that it falls on a Saturday. Southampton, this year, it's been missing for a couple of years, but Southampton has a fireworks festival in Mayflower Uh, Park. Fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely been three years, maybe four years since we had one. Yeah, and uh, and I think that actually having it in Mayflower Park beside the water just makes it stunning. And and there's going to be loads of entertainment and all of that stuff. You can get your tickets right now by searching Southampton Fireworks Festival and watch our socials because we might be giving some tickets away. Excellent work. <laughs> Do you remember we talked about the Skate Slammer? We had Jimmy on and yeah, they yeah. were talking about it. They couldn't fulfil it on the day that they said they would. So it has a new date of October. October the 2nd. That's in Guildhall Square in Southampton. And then I love this one, right? This is Sholing Valley's Study Centre, October the 22nd. They are having an apple day where you can press your own apple juice. Uh, they'll be teaching you about different apples and it's all completely free. But I was thinking, if you can go down there and press your own apple juice, could I make my own cider there? Of course you're going to think about that. <laughs> You can take the West Country out of the... Go- exactly. No, hang on, which way? <laughs> well, that's another So-So Show done and dusted. Thank you very much for all your comments and interactions on social. If you're not following us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, please do, because, as we've just discovered recently, there might be something cool you can win soon. Make sure you've got your notifications enabled and then you won't miss a thing. Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show.